It, Brad, I swear, dude, you are so grumpy lately. You're what grumpy. Wrong, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Nothing. You're just grumpy. You're just constantly yelling at me. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Look at this. This is approachable. Yeah. <laughs> this this body language says, come on, I'm welcoming. Bring it. Love to hear from you, but you're overtraining. Me? I'm overtraining? My watch <laughs> tells me otherwise. Well, it says you're detraining, probably. No, it says I'm maintaining. No I'm way. Three fitness points today on that arbitrary level. On Strava? Yeah, dude. What are you at? 20. 20? You know what I'm yeah, at? Man. 43. No. 41. Down week for me. 42. That was, that was close. So you're double plus some. So you should be able to run twice as fast as me. I don't think that's the way the score works, Jeremy. <laughs> how does the score work? Can you explain it to me, Brad? You know exactly how it works. I don't because it's just random. Hey, congrats. Your fitness score went up three points today. I don't know why. It doesn't tell me why. So you don't think doubling your weekly mileage would increase you by three points? I didn't points. double my weekly mileage, Brad. Yes, I went you did. I went to 23. Did you, though? Yes. Last week I had 18. This week I have 23. Did you, though? Yes. Well, I'm assuming we've just restarted this whole thing, Jeremy. I, ha so, I have to assume so. So why don't you take some time okay. and welcome everybody to the Brigity Bro Bobs running podcast. Brigity! <laughs> Bro! <laughs> there we go. Now it's official. <laughs> Do you want to push back in your hernia now? I mean, it, it got it came out just a little bit, like a tur like a turtle head. It's like boop, boop, right back in. That is gross. I don't have a hernia, people. I know you're concerned. Bradford is making stuff up. There's no hernia. So, but thanks for your for your uh, you know your support. Regardless, thank you. You guys are pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, can you recap your run today again, please? <laughs> yeah. So I did 12 miles today. I was supposed to do 13 with a friend. Um, I was feeling rather good for the first, I don't know, seven miles. And then my left calf muscle, the upper part of my calf muscle started to tighten up and give me a little bit of twinges here and there. And I was like, uh-oh. But there was, I mean, we were five miles away from the car. So there's not really a whole lot I could do. But my Achilles felt okay today crossing those fingers and knocking on the wood. So what are those? Good. What are those fingers? What fingers are you referring to? These guys right here, my fingers, my fingies. So I was feeling, Oh, I, outside of my, my calf hurting, I got to like nine and then like nine really started to make me struggle. I was like, Oh boy. So oh. in the, in the, some context in the last 12 weeks what's the longest run you've done 
12.1 miles. Before today. 12 weeks? I think I've had a 10 or 11 miler in there somewhere. I do. I think when, when I was doing my, when I was near the end of my um my streak. The streak was, that got you injured? Yeah. But I was running way slower today. So I was average, we averaged 910s, which was nice. Which is basically the pace you've been averaging for your runs. No, it's not. I've been averaging like 830s in the 830s. It's like 40 seconds slower. I don't think so. 30 seconds per mile slower. That's a significant bump up or down in pace, depending on how you want to look at it. And so we're just under four weeks away from the half marathon. Yeah, today was one of those runs as well that like mentally helped me be more positive about this upcoming like I'm not even going to call it a race I'm going to call it our half marathon fun run because we've decided not to race it unless you want to race it which is fine and I'll just give it to you I'm like there's only so much I can do about it so uh, but I think it'd be fun for us to go and just be bros together and do a race together um what are you are you cold <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with you <laughs> so it was I mean it was as much a, a mental and like boost to just get I know I struggled at 12 but the fact is we're still a month away from the from the race so it, it kind of boosts my confidence a little bit which is nice so and yes I know I've only done 66.6 miles this year and I know that it's 18% of my yearly running that I've done today that's a significant amount of running. <laughs> Woo! I've not been doing a whole lot. But let's talk about you, Brad. Like, and I got 23.3 something miles this week, which was a good bump. But you're doing well. You have a down week. How did it go? <clears throat> not good. Why not, man? I can, like, you just seem to be not in as good spirits as you normally are. It, uh,. I think recovery weeks just suck. They shouldn't suck, Brad. They, they're there to help you recover. I know, but you never feel good during a recovery week. Uh, I, I do. I feel really good, actually, because I'm not running as much. Usually, it's the week after the recovery week that you start feeling good. Yeah. So, just every run was just a absolute death march. It was awful. I know you told me a couple times this week that you didn't even want to do the runs. No, took Monday off, ran today. Um, what happened in the days between today's Sunday? So you took Monday off and you ran today. I know you did some runs outside of the today. Yeah, it was just all easy runs and all just had no desire to do anything fast. So okay, I tried to run. I think I tried to do one workout. But it was just awful. So. You look like you need a hug, man. Mm, yeah, I did do a workout. Tuesday, I did a workout. Three minute ons with uh, one minute off. Yeah. And how fast are you running your ons? Mm, 7.30 to 7 flat pace. That's quick, man. 
for think, us at this point, it's not bad. And I did it on the treadmill. It was just, it was just felt awful. So yeah, well, treadmills are always to me awful, even if I'm feeling good. I think it's more mentally taxing than it is actually physically taxing. Yeah, because you have nothing. You're going nowhere, and you're there, and it's like. I always find that I, I never relax on a treadmill. It just doesn't happen. I'm always like, it's not that I'm trying to push the pace. It's just, I can't find a, a natural rhythm to my stride. It seems like constantly increasing and decreasing versus like what happens out on the road, because then you don't really know if you're going faster or slower. You're just kind of going. Ooh. Have you seen that new talking of treadmills, that new Wahoo mm -mm. hicker treadmill? So I know Wahoo Kicker, like it, it, at, I mean, that's a bike training tool, but the, that's right. The, they have a treadmill now. What's different about it? Up to 15 miles an hour, 15% uh -huh. incline, 3% uh, decline. All right. Like and then, and then it automatically, uh, sinks to, um, what is the name of it? I can't think of the name of it. It's like that online cycling community. Yeah, I don't know. Because I never cycled. So that you can like, if you and I said, hey, let's like go for a run tonight. We can Make virtually run with each other. And, oh. then, the, and then the treadmill automatically adjusts uh, the, you know, like the percentage grade, depending on <laughs> what, what you pick. And then... Oh. It's like if I were to like increase my the incline, yours would increase automatically, or does it? Well, do you it pick like... a course, so you oh, say like we okay, want to run. I gotcha. I thought whatever that you could is. like fuck with each other and just like really hit it up, and then somebody like really cranks it down, and you just like yep. don't know what's gonna happen. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, it doesn't sound fun. <laughs> so. I mean, you can play with each other's emotions. And then here's the best part: once okay. you get it into a speed. There's a, uh, there's this, um, sensor on the front, you know, like the, the front bar. Yeah. And then it automatically adjusts the speed in real time. Like if you're moving up close to it, it speeds it up automatically. Oh man. And then if you move back, it automatically slows down. And they said it's all the reviews that I've seen said it's like super intuitive. Like you don't feel like you're going to come off the back. Like it registers super quick as far as how the treadmills adjusting its speed that it's uh no different than running outside really but you're still not i mean it is because you're not going anywhere and don't they do they have like full room treadmills that are like like omnidirectional and then the walls are like screens that you can just run in and like take turns and like do trails and shit that'd be really cool i'm pretty sure that's that first person movie what? First person shooter or something? You've never seen know. that? Uh-uh. It's pretty much that. But it would be really cool, don't you think? Like, this has to be a big it's room. virtual reality running. A, a 10 by 10 with, with omnidirectional, like, yeah. Are you, talk are you talking about um, Ready Player One? That's it. <laughs> what? <laughs> First person shooter. I don't remember what's going on in there. Oh, dude, Bradford. 
You knew what I was talking about. It took me a second. I'm like, he can't be talking about Ready Player One. And I'm like, yeah, maybe he is. Ready Player yes. One. Did you read That's the book? what you're talking about. No. I did. It's quite different from the movie. Though I did order two books today. What books did you order? I'm going to tell you what two books I ordered. Let's see. I've been reading like a fiend. A fiend, huh? Yeah. A rating fiend. Yeah. I I got from Matt Fitzgerald, The Comeback Quotient. Okay. Um, Every sports fan loves a great comeback. Is there a special quality shared by top athletes who triumph over great challenges? And can anyone acquire it? In the comeback quotient, celebrated sports writer Matt Fitzgerald supplies the answer to both questions. Huh. So you got that. So is that a book that I should get as well? We read it and we can talk about it? We could. Let's do that. I'll go ahead and and then then I got from Patrick Ian Meyer, The Four Pillars of Critical Thinking. Oh, I already think critically. It's it's quite awesome to be able to do such things. 103 Techniques and Hacks to Improve Your Work and Personal Life by Mastering Mental Skills. Analyze Situations Better and Reason Well by Detecting Logical Fallacies. So I thought you were going to say by masturbating. (laughs) You said mastering. (laughs) I was like, well, there goes that. People walking around. It just never ends with you. (laughs) What? What? Can you specify, please? Let's be specific. Just you always have to take it down a road of rude, crude, and churlish behavior. (laughs) (laughs) Brett, out of the two of us, who is more rude and crude? You! I beg to differ. What, What did you talk about today? Was it today on the phone when I called you? Or was it yesterday? You were talking to a fellow, like one of your, your workers, and you said something about me. Do you remember that? No, I don't. Refresh my memory. What did you even say? Oh, you're talking about finger, like if I was finger. Uh, oh my God. Seriously, <laughs> Jeremy? You were talking about it to a, a, a worker of yours over the phone was me over the phone about me who's more rude and crude i don't know what you're talking about and the fact that you just try to slander people's names and bring this up is it's reprehensible all right it is it is reprehensible to jeremy there we go there's another episode that i can't put it's not safe for kids you asked me what the conversation was about. I wasn't going to say anything. Because I didn't think you were going to go there because no conversation you and I had revolved were, anywhere around that conversation. that conversation. That is just not true. That is, Jeremy, that would be one that's completely inappropriate in a work environment. There is zero chance. I don't know. There is zero chance that somebody as professional as me would have that conversation uh-huh. In the work environment. That's outrageous. Uh-huh. That is outrageous. Brad, you are the It's outrageous. Gas- you are the biggest of gaslighters. Yeah. No. 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 Yes. 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 Go ahead. 
Go ahead and try to sue me for slander, libel. I will. I will. And then we'll pull in your your coworker, and they will tell the truth because they'll be under oath. Under oath. Yep. Yeah. Well. Big time. My guess is he's going to forget that conversation. <laughs> Why are you going to slip him a hundred dollar bill before he goes into the courthouse? I do not recollect that. <laughs> Recall. <laughs> <laughs> recollect. <laughs> I have no knowledge of such conversation. Oh, Brad. I don't know what to do with you, my that dude. That is disgusting that you're, in a you're running fine. podcast, you would t take us down that road. Like, I can understand talking about shoes, maybe different running environments, like on the road or running off-road. But what you've done is just taken us completely out to... Borderline pornography. That's because you're calling me out for being rude and crude. Yes. And you are more rude and crude. I feel like anybody that's watching or listening can comment and outline who's the rudest and the crudest of these two Brigity Bro Bobs. Well, maybe I put myself out there a little more on our podcast, but in real, the real world, Brad? This is the real world. This is not the real world. Yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. Yep. All right. No. So we're just under four weeks away from our half marathon. <sighs> Tell you. And you're going to take one recovery week this coming week. That's correct. And then build all the way up into your highest mileage week being the half marathon week. That's right. We talked about this, Brad. The marathon is the ultimate goal now, not the half marathon. The half marathon is gone. Like the that's no longer a race, as it were. It's a fun run between two bros who want to just enjoy each other's company. The marathon is more like of a specific pur like purpose, right? It's I'm not going to qualify for Boston. It's not going to happen, but you probably could. So that's pretty cool. Um, so that's kind of the goal, right? Yeah. Well, we'll see what type of shape I am come. You have come so grandma's. What is, what is your Boston qualifying time? Three twenty. That's right, and mine is three ten. I'm not running three ten in what June, and it's in four and a half months. I'm not doing it. So, but I would have to run closer to three ten than three twenty to get in. Yeah, but and I'd have to run closer to three flat than three ten to get it. So I'm not even running 310. There's no way I'm going to run three flat. Was it the Boston like cutoff for this year because they had like it's kind of back to post COVID like numbers like five and a half minutes. Was it five and a half? I thought it was seven. Five and a half minutes. So yeah, like I said, I'd have to run 304.30. That's not happening. So it could not not by June whatever for the Grandma's Marathon. That's not happening. Who's negative? I'm being, this is a being realist. I'm sorry. In four months, I can't go from being able to barely run nine minute miles for a half marathon to running seven minute miles or faster for a full marathon. It's just not possible, especially doing it the right way, right? I have to build, have to build, I have to build, and it's not going to, can't happen overnight. So, okay. 
Okay. Track and field. So, I think it was last week, uh, just after recording our last podcast, Kelvin kipped him. Dude. Heartbroken. Although, like, heartbroken. Fastest dude ever. Fastest dude ever, yes. What do you, like, uh, so he's driving in Kenya with his coach? Was he and, in the back of the car? What, like, I don't know. I don't know. It seemed like somebody was in the back of the truck because it was a truck. But maybe was it? Mistake. I don't I think it was, it was a truck. I thought it was a Toyota Tacoma. Hmm. Whatever they call Tacoma in there, I thought it was. I could be mistaken. Well, I thought it was a truck, but you, I mean, it doesn't matter. He's dead, and it doesn't really matter how he died. To be honest, he's dead. He was in a car accident. It was unfortunate. So do you think this is going to take him to, like, the next level of, you know, like, because now you can extrapolate and say, well, we have, he could have been running 158 in his next, in the next 18 months. I don't know that I would have said 18 months, but I think we would have said that he's going to be the first person ever to break two hours in the marathon. Without, in a like, race. In, in a, a race. race without without all the extras that had to go through like that Kipchoge had to go through with his not taking anything away from Kipchoge because like what he did was amazing as well but I think Kipton was only thir- what 34 seconds away from breaking two yeah like that's just insane like think that's that's just that's under two that's under two seconds per mile if you just pace it a little bit differently I mean it's it's done that's crazy well, and so, I don't think in any of the races that he run, there was no pacers set up for sub two. No. I mean, how, like, you have to, like, really find some legit, legit run. Like, you can't just have some run-of-the-mill pacer take you through, like, not run-of-the-mill, but take you through in 101. I mean, you have to go through in one flat or 59 and some change just to pace you through and that I mean, how bad do you feel you go you're going out falls to the wall at one at 59 minutes and like there he goes just cruising by doing it again yeah but i mean that's the same for just about every race i know i know i just it's just so incredible to think that like that's going for much longer that pacing you know what I mean? Like then a half, like you go through a half and you're like, Jesus, this guy's just crushed a 59 minute and 40 second half marathon. And this guy's going to do it back again. Well, I mean, Josh Kerr world champion in the 1500 just set the indoor two mile world record Eight flat. And, and ran a half marathon that he was just amped about in 61 minutes. Yeah. He's a, he's just like a dynamic dude. He's got but it but think about that. He, like he went all out to get a sixty-one. Oh yeah, but I would venture to say that Kiptum could not have gone on the track and come within striking distance of, in the in like a fifteen hundred. I think that's two completely different skill sets. So he's running four thirty. What for? A two-hour marathon. Let's just say 435s or 433s or whatever it may be, regardless. Even if you put it in 430s. For two hours. Yes. Josh Kerr broke the world record running 401s for two miles. Four flat. He ran eight flat. Was it eight flat? 
Mm-hmm. I thought it was an 802, but I thought okay. It was yeah. So he ran four flats for two miles. Yes. But you know, the faster you get, the harder it is to get faster. I think like he would go into so, some kind of. Like, are you saying that Kelvin, Kelvin Kiptum couldn't run a sub four mile? I don't think so. Not right now. I mean, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't think so. Like even coming off of his like flat, his last marathon, I don't think so because the speed isn't there. He's an aerobic monster. There, you have to have speed in your legs to go. Could he go like 405, 404, 403? Sure, but I don't think he could go so far. And you're thinking like Kerr goes 340 something. So I think there's a pretty significant like you're talking potentially 100 meters of difference. In a fifteen hundred, in a sixteen sixteen hundred or mile, that's that's a pretty big blowout. So he was a twenty eight seventeen ten k runner. Kiptum was yes. That doesn't seem right. Why it seems it seems really slow. Twenty eight seventeen for his five for his marathon, yeah. It seems really slow for his marathon. Four, that was four years before he ran Chicago. Yeah, I mean, I, so he obviously put in some work because what? So if he's running four thirties, let's just say, like somewhere in what? Like let's look at his fastest ten k split in a marathon. What would that be? Because I'm sure it's got to be close to that. Maybe. Because uh, they're going low fourteens in the five k per five k. Yeah. I so, think what's what's disappointing is like you felt like as a uh as a mar- like watching marathons as a fan of watching big races and pe- yeah. like who's next now? Like because there's no way Kipchoge's you know like I mean, he's, at his peak. He's not at his peak. He's pat, well past I would say he's not well past his prime because he just he's just run some of the fastest times within the past couple of years but I don't see him touching the times that he's he's had to this point anymore. Like we've already started to see cracks, you know. Yep. Age does catch up. So, um, who knows? Like there always seems to be like a flash in the pan with a person who comes out and just throws down really fast first marathon. But it's like those people don't seem to last too long. Like you'll see him run two or three really good marathons, and then you don't really hear about him much more. And I don't know why that is. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't know either. I wonder if it just takes so much of a, an effort and breaks the body down so much to be able to get to those levels. that. Well, one, awesome. you have to have so many things go right, which sh- shows just how amazing Kipchoge's excellence over all these yeah. number of years are. For him to have, like, over all of these races, what was his worst race, Boston last year? Yeah, and he's still... Where like, he finished seventh? Yeah, with whatever time it was to oh, whatever um he's like the lebron james of marathoning just yeah like- i would argue it's harder just because like the nutrition in the middle of the event like the likelihood of uh just having a bad race is so overwhelming so and that's what makes something like our u.s olympic trials so so fun to watch is just because you have the number one time does not guarantee you next to anything in the Olympic trials. Nothing. 
or if, even in the marathon at the Olympics, like the Olympic marathon, any race at that level, if you're off by like 3%, like that's, that's bye-bye gold medal, bye-bye podium potentially, depending on the race. Well, I mean, it's so easy to miss a water bottle, a nutrition or, station. Yeah. Or to, just to overtake yourself in a, in a, like in a heat condition that you're not quite ready for or whatever it may be. Like, yeah. It doesn't take anything. It could be two miles that are just too quick, and then you blow up. So, um, so I wonder if there's going to be anybody to fill fill that void, or how long it's going to be before we see times like his Chicago Marathon time was just ratified. I think mere yeah. days before he, his passing. And so yeah. you know, like, when is the next person that's going to be scratching that that two flat? I don't know. I think that I don't think we're that far away from it, though. Like, like you said, and I mean, I know I'm not going to say anything about shoes, but shoes are part of it. But also, like the like you said, the training, the technology, the information out there, like the coaching, the dedication, the fact that people are going toward the marathon before, like without having early. Yeah. Yeah. Like all of those things are going to come. Like, I think somebody's going to feel the need to fill that void. So maybe they'll like whatever it may be, whatever it may be um legal or not to come in and fill that void so uh, off of kelvin kiptum uh did mo katir from spain popped Popped. doping yeah i mean can you uh, how do you not have a better plan in place i'm just saying that because there's got to be all of those people have to have been in a position of similar circumstances at some point in time in their careers for the most part well one so he he was suspended uh because of missing three whereabouts yeah and so you know when you're in the uh world doping or usada doping or i'm assuming spain has their own doping protocols as well you have to notify them of all of your whereabouts and so it doesn't mean that you have to tell them that you're going to the grocery store. But if you're going on vacation, if you're traveling for uh, for a training block at altitude, like all of your big uh, times away, you have to give them notice. And I yeah. think if they come and knock on your door, I think there is a time limit for you to get there. You know, like so if you went to the grocery store to Wendy's down the street, you know, like you have time to get back. It's not like they could just randomly catch you at the house you and say – no. <laughs> so in three misses is just egregious like oh, there yeah. there's no way he's already blamed it and, and said that like he's not guilty of course basically the same things that you always hear so but okay. how is it that every other athlete meets the testing requirements provides the information of their whereabouts like it doesn't seem like that big of a task to complete that everybody was able to do it. And previous to this, he's been able to meet those requirements. Right. So what did it say? Obviously he's been popped. So, well, I would, I think I told you earlier is 5k progression in one year was insane from 1350 to 1250 in one year. That is crazy. Crazy. That's, that's from barely getting to the Olympics to the Olympic finals. That's twenty seconds per mile. That's 
five seconds a lap. At an already elite level. Like, this is all law of diminishing returns. That's, like, the faster you get, the harder it is to get fast. Like, it's just just one of those things. That is just insane. Insane. So, I mean, if you weren't a little suspicious, if that happened, I don't, like, you're just living under a rock or something. I don't know. You're just a super optimist. (laughs) Naive beyond naive. Uh, And then I was looking... I read the funniest story about uh, I've got to look up his name. Um, who was this? Was uh, it Emmanuel Career? I don't know, Brad. Was it? And by the way, Cor- you've got to text. You're going to text me the titles of those books so I can get them and read them, and we can talk about them. Okay. So this guy was the uh, NCAA record holder for the 800 meters. Um, just an absolute stud. Ran at UTEP, which is not your normal running powerhouse. Um, let's see. I, I, I hope that I'm talking about the right person. So instead of slandering somebody's name, like like you've done to me. I have not, Brad, if I'm speaking the truth, it's not slander. Uh, I don't know it to be the truth. And I'm disputing the facts. Yes, you do. Stop it. Well, what you said is completely rude and crude. And I have a hard time believing that with my persona, personality, and just the overall cheeriness and well-being that I would ever say something so vulgar as a dad of a of a fifteen year old girl raising a boy the way that you want to raise kids, and you're just look, you're a fantastic dad. Doesn't mean you're not rude and crude. <laughs> so maybe it was Toby and Moosen. Uh, no, nope, right, nope, that wasn't them. Man, this sucks. Yeah. Anyways, this is great podcasting, by the way. So I know 100% he went to UTEP and then became a professional runner, goes and gets, uh, wins some international meet. And they say, all right, like it's time, time for you to take the urine test. And he goes, oh, I'm not, I'm really not feeling good. I think I'm going to be sick. And he's like, so they allowed him to go to the restroom. When he walked in the restroom, they see a guy jump the wall. step in wearing different clothes and said that he was there for the for the, the urine test. Right, it would only work if it was the two of us. That is <laughs> that is the wildest like way to get around a doping control. Like they're like you just walked in in a singlet and half tights and now you're wearing baggy jeans. Like what the hell happened? He got sick on himself. He had to like change his clothes. Yeah, and then I guess they confronted him like they're you're not the UTEP runner and he just ran away. <laughs> they couldn't catch him though, because he was a UTEP runner. Catch me. <laughs> oh Brad. Oh man. It was awesome. Maybe so maybe one of the two of us should get like on some serious regimen of like steroids or performance enhancing drugs. 
and then go to these races and just wreck shop. And then one of us like dresses the exact same as the other. So when you get popped for it, like I pop, like either you or I pop out, like, hey, I'm ready to take my piss test. Okay. And so I obviously just put on blast the absolute wrong person. It's <laughs> <laughs> it's Michael Saruni. You're way off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he did run it at University of Texas El Paso. Yeah. So good job. You got the school right. You got the school right. Good job, buddy. I'm proud of you. Just not Thank the right you. person. And for he, those of you who Brad called out, we apologize. We take back everything he said. You were not cheating in the 800. Not yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I apologize for that as well. Apologies, people. I know you're all listening. So, doping. Look, so... <laughs> From an amateur level, how how much doping do you think happens? Uh, see, we're going to disagree on this. I okay. don't think there's a whole lot of doping going on at all. Like when we talk about amateur, let's talk about like how where does the amateur level cut off? I don't think the people who are running four hours for a marathon are doping. So just age group winners, like age age group, like competing for going to CIM, like uh a big race, etc. even on a local level. I think that you would be surprised at the number of people that are willing to cheat just to win. You see people jumping on, like, running marathons and getting on the subway system for the yes, accolades. That's different. That doesn't require you taking illicit substances and, like, potentially wrecking your body for the benefit of this. Cheating like is cheating. Cheating is cheating, but it's two different things. Cheating by cutting a course or by hopping on a, in a car or on a subway or, you know, pretending that you need to be taken in an ambulance and then hopping out closer to the finish, whatever. So, so let, let's put it's it in this like, perspective. So, like, the uh, Runner's World UK editor just got busted for claiming in the middle of a marathon. She said wasn't feeling good. They put her on an ambulance that said ambulance then travels, you know, like, I don't know how far it went, seven, eight miles of the marathon. And then she, yeah. all of a sudden she said, never mind, I'm feeling better. Go ahead and let me out and finishes the race. And nobody thought, like, she thought that was going to, like, it was never going to be found out. Like, I don't understand right. that. And so these people that, like, people cut the corners, do all these things. Typically, the top competition calls them out. The people that cheat in world majors yep. typically always get caught because somebody says, well, this person wasn't in front of me for the entire race. Right. Or they they look at the data from their watches. Like, there's yep. all kinds of ways that they get caught. Um, I'll tell you, so, like, but, my first marathon was, um, what was it, Kiwa Island Marathon. And there was a spot where I could have gone into the, into the porta potty. And it popped out and went the dire different direction than the direction I was going. Thought about it so hard. Didn't do it. I'm glad I didn't because I would have felt really bad about myself. But I had a really horrible race there. But I thought about it. And it's just like it's pretty common. I would think that it, there are opportunities out there. Like it's so, not a big – they didn't have like timing mats at the, you know, at the turnaround. So think if people running means that much to them that they're willing to do something that th is that in your face. How many people are out there competing, you know, like at a relatively high amateur level are then che like cheaters are cheaters across the board. 
So yeah. and if people are willing to make it and basically rub it in your face, how many people are doing it behind your back and saying, well, listen, like, I just don't know, Brad. I just like that's two like two different extremes. One is you're just say, lying, right? And the other one is like you're actively pursuing again illicit substances to make yourself better. Well, it's not always illicit. First you're of all, right. it's not like it's on the black market. So there's plenty Tell of. Me. There's plenty of men that are on testosterone replacement therapy, you know, like this whole longevity aspect of health services right now is just like one of the fastest growing components of healthcare. So testosterone sounds good to me. I might do it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. It's not illegal. So you have a limit that you're allowed to have. And if you were going to technically take TRT, you would have to fill out a TUE, a therapeutic use exemption form, to compete. Okay. And look, I am on the lower levels. How do you know? Because I went for... That was your sperm count. It's negative. But, like, I probably... Like, truly, I have, like, 0.1% of what I should have sperm count levels. That's why... What's that have to do with testosterone? Nothing. What I'm saying is I was having issues, I don't know, three, four, five years ago, six years ago. I don't know when it was, uh, but I went to the doctor for it and they did all the tests to test my testosterone. I am at that point. I was at the lower levels of the like of the limits. It wasn't with I wasn't past that lowest level, but I was low. Um, so I could probably have said, hey, you know, I just feel like I would benefit from having double extra. So think of how many how many people go in and that they're at the low end and they say, listen, like, it's so close. I, I'm barely a barking dog over here. Like, you've got to get me at least to the median. And then at yeah. that point, so it's all then, you know, like, okay, now you're prescribed testosterone. They're saying three shots a week of, I don't know the dosage things, 50 milligrams three times a week. And okay. they go, well, if 50 milligrams is supposed to get me to the median, like, I'll make it a hundred. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about, Brad. Mm-hmm. You know, I would get. So would just, the point of this: How many people Brad. do you think that like qualified for Boston Marathon are using TRT? Not as many as you think. Why? Ten percent. So why? Where would you come up with ten percent? I don't know. It's a lowish number. Maybe six percent. Maybe three percent. I don't know. I don't think it's as many as you think. I think that you're making it out that like sixty-four percent of the people are doing it. No, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's well in excess of ten percent, somewhere between ten and twenty percent. You think that many people? I'm going to say like three to four percent, three to five at most, five at most. So there's no testing for it, right? Good. Look, I'm going to go on a Zempic so I can lose the weight and testosterone so I can beef it up. And I'm going to be a monster. Uh-huh. Remember when I when we had spring break down in Florida at Lucas's dad's like parent like yeah. their ranch thing and I I was just coming back from um what mono and I was like 148 pounds or some nonsense like that. I came back and got so fit so fast because I was so light. It was crazy. 
Well, and the fact you were 20 years old. Well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> but I think part of it was the fact that I went from not running for, it was three months I was had I had to take off because it was really bad. They couldn't even diagnose it in Rock Hill. They didn't, well, they didn't diagnose it in Rock Hill for the better part of a month. I had to drive all the way back up to Virginia, like sick as a dog before they even, before I figured out what it was. And then I had to take off another two months after that. Um, I was in a bad way, but I came back and within within a month after that, I was like 157 shape, ran 157 and a couple 800s. So I thought that was pretty good. Okay. Because that was light. So if I get Ozempic light, if I get down to 151 pounds, uh huh, but like have the testosterone for four people, like. So you would. So let's say you qualify for Boston. Yep. And you run. 308 2 minutes under your standard not going to be enough and the reason that it's not enough is because 10% of the field in your age group of the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of qualifiers in that age group it, are dragging that time down to 305 well look will I be upset yes it just means I'll have to do more testosterone <laughs> <laughs> No, look, I understand what you're saying. I'm, I just don't, I don't know. Like, if it's allowed for you to be on testosterone treatment because you're at the lower end to get up to the average, and the Olympic Committee allows it and whatever, like, is it cheating? It's not cheating. It's just using. Well, I mean, I think the Olympic standards are absolutely preposterous. The average twenty-year-old male versus what the like the uh, World Anti-Doping Agency allows—it's four times the average twenty-year-old male. Yeah, I don't know where they came up with that number. I don't know. So, and essentially, with and then without a biological passport, like they do in cycling, you could just be like, "Well, okay, like I'm gonna—I know that I'm gonna get tested, but I have this wide of room." To just juice myself up to four times the, my normal limit. So how much, like, so how much does testosterone help in your performance, right? So you said earlier that it, it definitely helps with your recovery, and it makes you want to have sex more. I don't remember ever saying that. Yeah, you said it, it increases your sex drive. I never said that. You most certainly did. All right. Yes, you did. Nope. Just like that last comment you threw around. I mean, yes. what we're seeing here is a pattern of. Dude. Why are you lying on our we're, podcast? What dude? we're seeing here is a pattern of you exaggerating, outright lying, and slandering. Brad. Why are you lying? Why Why are you lying? I don't know why when you talk about testosterone, you would just jump straight to sex drive. You said it. No. When? When we were talking, and I was upstairs in my bedroom before this, the last time we talked before we came down for our podcast, and I said, hey, Brad, what are some of the benefits of testosterone? And you said increased recovery or decreased recovery time and increased sex drive. And I think you said one other thing, but I can't remember what it was. And I, I don't I know. You, 
how exactly does an increased sex drive help with your athletic performance? And you have no answer. So, testosterone is the main sex hormone for males. Okay. Fuels facial and body hair growth, sex drive, sperm production. <laughs> and it helps it helps assemble the proteins required to construct lean mass. Though ru runners don't need lean like mass, uh it protects men's bones health much the way estrogen does for women. Okay. Increase, increases your red blood cell count, which, which the, more oxygen to carry to your muscles. Yep. So there's obviously a significant benefit to taking testosterone. Can I get testosterone pills on the interwebs? No, you have to be prescribed testosterone, Jeremy. I don't think you do. Yes, you do. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to start taking testosterone pills, 600 milligrams a day. Do you know how much hair is going to be on my head when we have our race? No, it, it, it's body hair, Jeremy. It doesn't produce hair on the top of your head. In fact, I think it makes you bald. Now, maybe I have too much testosterone. You are you <laughs> telling me that you see this is this is where you get caught in your web of lies. What? We can physically rewind this podcast when you okay. said you have low testosterone. You I, started I, I, with I, I, low sperm counts and then somehow went off on a tangent of low testosterone. No, I said I tested on the low end of testosterone, not on the low test. I was not low testosterone. And my sperm count has nothing to do with my testosterone. It happens to deal with the fact that I had two surgeries when I was six and seven years old that precluded me from being able to produce the number of sperm cells that I needed in order to impregnate my wife. What what were the surgeries? Hangnails? Hernia surgeries, Bradford. What, how does that decrease your testosterone and sperm? It, it didn't de decrease my testosterone. It decreased my sperm. How? My balls went into my stomach, Brad. Okay. They had significant trauma. How long were they up there? I mean, a, a day, two days, it doesn't matter. The trauma was what caused them to go up. The first time it happened, I did the splits, and my left ball popped into you my stomach. You did the splits? I was roller skating through my house, and I did a split, and my ball popped up into Why my did stomach. you do a split? I didn't try to, Brad. It was an accident, and I it was some significant pain. The second time, a year later, I was riding a bike, the, my junk hit the hit the crossbar and my right ball popped into my stomach so <laughs> that's it and the because of those two significant traumas my my t my sperm count has been significantly diminished so when i was riding bikes competitively there were like known people they wouldn't brag about it but uh it was always speculated oh like these guys are definitely doping to win local races yeah and then uh, be, uh, a lot of the regional races, there would be um, doping protocols there that they would just randomly select riders. Typically, the random was the top three riders. Were you ever selected? Nope. And so they, uh, th the randomness was the top three riders. 
And uh, and so when those races would occur, ironically, the guys that were winning every race would finish like in 20th, those races, or they just wouldn't show up. <clears throat> and I know for sure at least one of them was caught doping and is serving, I think he was serving an eight-year suspension. They weren't playing so, around. And he was a... He was a competitive, like he rode for Team USA in world championships as a youth, like a legit rider, a legit masters rider, 40 plus. And, uh, and all he was doing, Jeremy, was winning local races. I mean, you get your name out there. I know of a couple people who run in <clears throat> our general area who they just live on like the infamy of their name, like oh my gosh, did you see that so-and-so was there at that race and they won? Well, who? yes, it's at that race, but you put them in a bigger competition. This one's super local. You put them in a bigger competition and they're just nothing. One of the guys lied about his marathon time. He ran a 232, which is fantastic. But he said, oh no, I ran 228, but my chip fell off and somebody And so running. people that care that it's much, you're, you're thinking that, well, those same people won't <laughs> cheat by using testosterone. I don't know, Brad. I mean, maybe some of them. I don't know that all of them would. I think I know people. I there's people at Kent help. State. Kent State has a decent running program. Yeah, not do. not fantastic, but like good enough. Typically, not even ranked regionally in the in the Midwest region, with runners that have been suspended and put on bans for doping. So what happens? Not even the their top program? runners. Who are, who are at the better programs? Are they not doing it then too? I don't know. They just have better protocols and like abilities to. I'm like, so I think you know my opinion on like top end runners. Period. So what I'm pointing at is, if there is a reason that there's an ego based or an incentive structure that that. Uh, rewards you for times looks etc my guess is that the that there is way more doping than you g would ever give it credit for maybe i mean you're making a valid point brad and i'm not going to say like we obviously don't know for sure but i mean i know that there are people who do it i just don't know that it's as widespread as you think but i think at the highest levels i think those people have some significantly good doctors and and like protocols in place to help them get to the best of their performance without getting caught. Or if they are caught, then there's a lot of money being switched hands to make sure that those, those, uh, you know, those results go away. So if you knew, so there's a YouTuber that I like, Mark Lewis, who does testosterone replacement therapy. That's the guy you sent me the video on. Yep. I don't, and, I, I, so I watched like 80% of that video and he said nothing about testosterone. He was just well, what do you think? Things. Every video he just is like, yeah, I'm shooting no, up. That, that guy, like, he, it, it, I just found it, the guy to be full of shit. Like, he's like, don't worry about your credit card debts. I just went to South Africa and, and drove a motorcycle around uh, the, the whole of Africa. And I wasn't really worried about any of my debts or anything. But I had my business. I came back and I got it right. Get the hell out of here. That's not good <laughs> advice to give people. Go and run away from your problems. Get the fuck out of here. That's ridiculous. And not everybody has the finances to be able to go to South Africa and take months out of your life to go travel around an entire continent on a motorcycle. That doesn't even make any sense to say such things. Like, 
what is the purpose so of that? So was that the advice that he was giving you to like not pay anything and to no, go to Africa? About, it was about stress. Yeah. And certain stresses are good stresses versus some stresses that are bad. But I'm sorry, take care of the things you need to take care of. You can't run away. He's like, your credit card, you can't run away from it. But you just did, dude. For however many months. He never he said he that. never paid his credit card bills. He just said that the he was like his his company was going to sham like the shambles. His marriage was like being deflated and he like wasn't where he wanted his body wasn't where he wanted it to be. So South Africa, let's just make that happen. Cool. Taking months out away from your whole entire family to go do that sounds sounds good. Was it months? It, how can you travel across Africa and not months? Let's just say it was two months. So let's just say that. I don't know for exactly how long, but regardless, like the messaging is just dumb. And I see that from all, all kinds of people on the, and on like social media, Hey, you know, it's okay. Just go do this. And they're completely out of touch with what the average person is capable or willing or able to do. Like just doesn't make any sense. But okay. Got my soapbox. Go ahead. Continue on with your hormone. And therapy. so he announces that he takes testosterone replacement therapy. Yeah. So if that guy beat you in a 5K, would you be pissed? I mean, he's sexy. So I'd be watching him. Like, woo, look at that guy go. <laughs> yes, of course. Like, I don't know. if he. It depends on how much he beats me. Like, if he's, like, as he, he says in that video he sent me, I don't know how old he is now, but he's just turned 50. So if he's out there running 1530, chances are without it, he'd probably still whoop my butt. You know what I mean? Well, he's not running 1530. I don't know what he's running. So, it, just faster than you. Well, sure, but I'm saying if it's like by a, a significant margin, something that I couldn't possibly do, I, I like. Okay, I so he so he basically outkicks you for a local 5K trophy. I I wouldn't let it happen. <laughs> uh huh. Brad, I have pretty good speed. Okay, that's so, not the question that I'm posing to you. I know the question you're posing to me. I'm just letting you know he wouldn't outkick me. He might be better looking and fitter than me, but if we're coming down with 100 meters left, he's not outkicking me. It's not going to happen. On testosterone replacement therapy, you sure as shit is. He isn't. Yep. That doesn't mean he's faster yep. than me. Just yep. means that he... No. Nope. Yep. So you're so saying got... you've never been outkicked. I've outkicked you, Jeremy. You haven't. You've never outkicked Yes, I have. You cheated. You <laughs> how did it, how did I cheat? Uh, you probably cut the race. You probably cut across an like, indoor race. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You love bringing that that up. Like you beat me by. I'm saying second. you've been out kicked plenty of times. You make it sound like if it ever comes down to a sprint, <laughs> unbeatable. I've never been beaten at any age anywhere in the world. At a local road race, it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so answer the question this guy beats you in a local 5k okay and, and he gets the first place trophy right i'd be like nice job you dirty cheater and then i'd take second place and be content with it so you'd be happy with your second place. place i'd be i'd be happy i was the first place cleaner we'll call him a cheater and i'm a cleaner okay Okay. I mean, I got third place at that 10K we did. 
Yep. Or fourth place, technically, but third place male. Do you think those guys were, like, cheating? No, I don't think any of those guys were cheating. <laughs> Probably the guy, the guy, like, the old guy who called me a good runner for a big guy. That guy is definitely cheating. Definitely. So, what about that, uh... There was some guy that just whipped our, uh, destroyed us at the 5K, oh, pushing yeah. a baby stroller. Yeah, with um, no, with no baby in it. Like I think he uses it for balance. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. He's got uh, MS, so he 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 has to use it to do that. I, he doesn't look like a runner at all. Like no. the guy, he looks just like us, like unfit, not like not a runner at all. But he just crushes. But like all of his races are like that. He's a he's. I I don't know how he does it to be honest. So I so, think what he does is he, is he uses the stroller and he like gets it going and then he like gets on it and lets it go for a little bit. Skates it. Yeah, that's it. No, I'm mm-hmm. just kidding. He doesn't do that. But yeah, I don't know. Like he might be on some significant drugs because of his MS that keep, help him get faster. So if that. If that guy you found out was just whipping you while just dope to the gills. I mean, I would call him out. He's the he's the president of the local running club. Okay. I would call him out for sure. But look at this guy. Cheater. Drunk We've got a cheater. Guy. We've cheater. got fi- we got weights in the fish. Have you ever seen that video? Yeah, <laughs> and they start pulling out all kinds of weights like that was here in Cleveland. Was it? Yes. <laughs> Those guys loaded those fish up. <laughs> Somebody waits in there. Maybe what we should talk about next week, Jeremy, bringing this to a close. Yeah. Transgender athletes. Oh, man. That's a hot button topic right there, dude. Okay. I already know how, how I fall on this. And I'm not even, a, I'm not, like, I think we, if we're going to do that, maybe we bring in a female. Okay. So you have better access to females than I do. I don't know that. I don't know any. Your Katie's not a female. Not as far as I know. <laughs> Just kidding. That sums up that you will say anything for attention, which negates all of the BS that you've spewn about Brad, me and my reputation. Can you please be honest and say the honest thing right now? That I'm a clean athlete and I care about you. In fact, even love that, you, Jeremy. Brad, I love you too. And yes, that's Great. correct. Okay. That's it. It's <laughs> off my chest. It's off my chest. There it is, Jeremy. I'll catch you later, bud. All right, bud. Hey, don't, 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 don't fuck up the download again. I'm going to delete the, the app. I'm deleting bye, it. Bye, Jeremy. Bye, Brad. For send me the text. <laughs>